Oh, hello. Tonight, I would like to take you on a strange journey. Welcome. As we discuss a man who was controversial, to say the least, tragic, brilliant, tortured, mired in controversy, uh, Michael Jackson, the king of pop. That is tonight's subject of discussion. Um, for a certain age group, you know, that was born in the 80s and before. So you had to be, I would say you probably had to be born somewhere in the 80s or or before that to really remember and understand and grasp the type of fame and success that Michael Jackson had. And, you know, I think that was sort of like, generations that came later generations that were born in the 90s i don't think like there was even the same level of of perception regarding the type of you know uh celebrity and fame you know we you know, it's funny i was just talking about this with my friend in the car we were talking just about fame and you know how fame has changed with the internet i'm i'm basically going to sum up what what we discussed in a nutshell and and it is this it's the idea that in today's day and age anybody can you know garner some sort of monicum of fame you know whether you're on tiktok and you got 90,000 followers or you know youtube or instagram or whatever you could be an influencer you could be a this you could be a that and you know or you what you could do is you can appeal to a particular niche of, of fandom, you know, whether it's you being someone who's knowledgeable about a particular subject of interest, or maybe you do, you know, there's a lot of people, great example. Let's go back to TikTok for a minute. There's a lot of people on TikTok who do one thing and they're, you know, they, they get attention for it. Attention is really the best word to use. It's not true fame. It's not the type of fame that you can monetize. It's not the type of fame that gives you a real sort of career. It's almost kind of like fake and plastic. Um, and I say all of that to say that the type of fame that Michael Jackson had was a fame that very few have ever witnessed or experienced firsthand. You know, I'm sure you, you know, I mean, you talk about guys like, like Elvis, Paul McCartney, any of the Beatles, but mainly like Paul McCartney, just like a level of fame that it, that that's just so um, next level, inconceivable, inconceivable. Because back in the '90s, before we had the internet, and you could find out about any little thing, you were kind of limited to what was you know broadcasted you know, on TV, on, on, on cable TV, on network TV. 
So for instance, if you were a sitcom dad, I think we did. Did we talk about this on the channel? I feel like we talked about this on the channel too. You could, you know, reach, you know, a level of fame that you could eat off of forever because, you know, doing the convention circuit because everybody, you were in everybody's household, you know, you're in 50 million, how, uh, 50 million people's households, you know, uh, every week, you know, for, for, for season after season of a show, that sort of thing. Um, in the case of Michael Jackson, it's, it's even grander than that. Uh, all of this again to say, I keep saying all of this to say, all of this to say that Michael Jackson was an incredibly, incredibly famous human being who dealt with levels of fame that none of us can comprehend. Um, I also want to say this about Michael Jackson before we before we dive into the subject. You know, Michael Jackson was there there was something very wrong with Michael Jackson, quite clearly. I Listen, you know, it's not, this is not speaking ill of the dead. This is, you know, contextualizing a, a public figure who was larger than life. Michael, there was something wrong with Michael Jackson. Obviously he, he was robbed of his childhood. He had a really tough upbringing. He was, uh, lo alone in many, in many, in many different facets. He was a very lonely person, secluded person, um, because of that fame, because of, you know, uh, dealing, dealing with, with all of what he dealt with, you know, dealing with, uh, a, a ruthless father who, who, who was monstrous, monstrous, monstrous dad. Um, you know, all, all of that would leave anybody in, in a really weird place. I also want to say that, you know, I don't know what happened with Michael Jackson and the trials and, the accusations made against Michael Jackson. I I've looked over some of that stuff and here's the bottom line. Um, whatever Michael Jackson did was incredibly inappropriate and most likely criminal. And the truth of the matter was there were so many people that were going after him that maybe didn't necessarily have something happen to them or have a case that they made the ones that were hurt um, sort of, you know, easy to doubt, you know, what I'm really thinking about is that leaving Neverland documentary, which, you know, again, I'm not a Michael Jackson truther, but like, man, man, there was so much wrong with that documentary. And there's so many whole, I mean, I could do a whole episode just about that documentary alone and how, uh, wrong, how wrong that, that documentary was, but all of that to say, I keep saying, but all of this to say that Michael, whatever Michael Jackson was, he was, he was a very inappropriate person who did incredibly inappropriate things with children and, um, that were most likely criminal. And he should have, he should have gone to jail for, for what, for the things that he was doing. And they just couldn't nail, they couldn't nail him down. They couldn't nail him down. The, the cases that went to court or perhaps not the right cases that needed to go to court. Who knows? Who friggin' knows? Um, with all that said, <laughs> with all that said, um, man, I was shocked when Michael Jackson died. I think everybody was shocked. It was a watershed moment. It was like the equipment. I mean, it was, 
it, it, it was something that had lasting ripple effects in the music world and the pop cult in pop history and pop culture and pop, whatever, you know, the King of pop has died. It's something he's the type of guys. He, he's a type of icon who you expect to live forever. He's not the type of person. He's not the person that you think is going to, uh, perish. He just seems beyond that. And yet, um, on June 25th, 2009, Michael Jackson, uh, passed away, uh, uh, in a really sad kind of way. And I guess the world understood the depths of which he, of the addictions that he suffered from, he suffered from serious addiction. And, you know, the problem, you know, there's a lot of different problems with addiction, but all of them can be kind of leveraged against money. And what I mean by that is, you know, money has a way of, of allowing addiction of enabling addiction. If you have a lot of money, a lot of handlers and a lot of people that are handling your life, you know, it, it, it's quite possible that you can, you know, go through life, you know, knee deep in an addiction without consequences because you have, you know, endless friggin' endless friggin' money, um, endless money that, that sort of, you know, uh, put, puts uh, a bandaid on it. it was the same thing with those accusations you know michael jackson made a a fatal mistake in you know if he was truly innocent if he was innocent mind you again i don't want i am i have i have not saying that he was innocent i'm not saying that he wasn't innocent i'm saying that i've looked into all that stuff and just i don't know there there's a there's a lot there there's a lot there to to, to look over um he he was basically given a choice one day where it was like, it was like, if you pay $20 million, you can make this all go away, or you could go to trial and spend five times the, the amount of money and potentially be uh, convicted and potentially, you know, drag yourself through, you know, it's not good for business, this, that, and the other, all, all, all of which to say, Hey, let me, let me pay $20 million to, to hush this person up. And in doing so that brought a lot more out of the woodwork, a lot more. Uh, and of course the two biggest ones were the one in 1993 and the one in 2005, both of which he managed to beat. Um, but he had money. He had money that allowed him to, uh, escape those consequences as well as the consequences of addiction until, it didn't. And that's the part of the problem. When you have that much money, you can, you can do things that other people can't do, you know? So if you want to have an anesthesiologist put you to sleep every night, you can do that when you're rich, you can do that, you know? And you have to consider too, Michael Jackson, he had all those surgeries, man. Um, he's probably, his body was probably dependent or hooked or, or had a, had a what's what's the word i'm thinking of had a uh, uh, uh not a hung uh fuck what is the word i'm i'm trying to it's on the tip of my tongue his body had a preference probably for for such heavy drugs you know after spending so so much time on them from all of his surgeries and who knows what else you know it's the same thing it's funny his bitter rival I shouldn't say bitter. His it was like a loving, loving rivalry. It, it was an it was an antagonistic rivalry, but it was also a loving rivalry. He had such 
huge rivalry with Prince, which I is another topic that I would love to discuss. Because here's the thing, you know, all of that, all of that said about Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, I am fascinated by Michael Jackson. I'm fascinated by his genius. I'm fascinated by his musical process. I'm fascinated by the life he led. I'm fascinated by his career. It's just something we've never really discussed on the channel that much. My friend Jeremy and I, we talk about, we talk about Michael Jackson uh a lot. Um, just blown away by, you know, who and what he kind of was. And it's funny, his rival Prince, you know, died in a similar way. These guys, you know, they're, they're, they, they're hard on their bodies, whether it's through performance or, or plastic surgery, also a byproduct of being famous or having lots of money and then get hooked on, on drugs in some way, shape or form. And eventually the drugs get them, the drugs get you. Cause that's the thing. If you have money, sure you can stay off the street. Sure you can, um, sure you can kind of avoid. You can avoid bad situations. You can have bodyguards. You can have the drugs come to you. In the case of Michael Jackson, he had a fucking doctor on staff. He had an actual doctor to administer this stuff to him. You know, it's not like he was. Uh, he wasn't in a shooting gallery administering intravenous um, narcotics into his bloodstream. He had somebody to do it for him. When you have that kind of power, you you can kind of uh, avoid a lot of the common pitfalls that 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 you know uh, people face when they're in the depths of drug addiction and and whatnot. Um, let's take a look at this article. This is from a, a website that I really really like called All Things Interesting. Before we get there, though, let's just see what DLW is here. He says. It's one thing when famous folks die, but when trailblazers like Michael Jackson, the Ramones, Elvis go away, the void they leave is immense. I would agree. I would absolutely agree. Frizzy is here. How do you think up the greatest subjects? I Listen, I, I found this article and I just thought it was interesting to finally talk about it. Uh, DLW says, I cried a little during This Is It. I'm gonna, we're going to talk about This Is It. In incredible documentary. If you have not seen This Is It, it was made from rehearsal footage. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, what a great show that never fully was, but the man, those rehearsals were intense. Um, shit. What was I, what was I saying? What was I turnstone? I remember the day after MJ died, the freeway in Los Angeles was backed up as my pals and I were en route to see my favorite band of the era LaFace at the knitting shitting factory. What a time. Yeah, dude. Um, I mean, it's crazy. It's just crazy, man. That, that when when these things happen, it's true. The world stops spinning for a moment as everybody gasps in shock and awe of the immense void that is left by such giant talent uh, leaving. You know, and I'll tell you something. There was nobody. You know, I mean, there was there were some people, people like Elvis and the Beatles and and you know and and Michael Jackson. The, these guys, these were these were not just musicians, they were entertainers. Michael Jackson was an entertainer, dude. The, the guy could fucking dance and sing. He had so much energy. He put 150% into those live shows. When you look at a, at a late 80s Michael Jackson show, look at Michael Jackson live in 1987. That's when he's at his peak of his Michael Jackson powers. Unstoppable, unfucking stoppable It's funny, in the early 90s, you can see him. He's starting to dial it in. By 93, Michael Jackson starts to get really tired. You can see his movements are not as, they're, they're not as follow through. Go watch, 
Go watch Michael Jackson on the bad tour in 1987 and then go watch him on the history tour in 1993 and tell me that you don't see what I'm talking about, the difference, the, the, the subtleties of dialing it in and, and whatnot. Um, okay, here is, here's what we got here. How did Michael Jackson die? This is from All Things Interesting. Great, great website. They always have interesting topics. Uh, this was written by uh, Kalina uh, Fraga um, and edited by Jacqueline, ja Jas Jacelyn, Jacelyn Angelis, and it was published on February 11th, 2024. During a sleepless night, Michael Jackson reportedly begged his personal doctor to give him profo... Ah, uh, fuck. I can't, why can't I pronounce anything correct, man? Profofol. I hope that propofol, propofol. On June 25th, 2009, it was the last thing that he ever did. For a brief moment, on June 21st, 2009, the entire world came to a standstill. Word had just broken out about the death of Michael Jackson, the king of pop, who had moonwalked his way into, the incompa into incomparable fame. That's the truth. And I'll tell you something. Think about the moonwalk. Think about how unbelievably revolutionary something like the moonwalk is right the idea and i think he the first time he ever performed the moonwalk was for uh, a motown 25th anniversary uh show program uh in was it 1982 maybe it was 79 maybe it was 79 and nobody had ever seen anything like that before. It was something that he was like, this is, it's like, you know, Ben Stiller and Zoolander working on Blue Magnum. You know what I mean? Like he just, it's a something that he had been working on and he finally, it was ready to show off. And people, like everybody was like, what the fuck? What is that? I mean, what a crazy thing. So in any case, he, and you know, obviously all, all of which, you know, one of his big inspirations was James Brown, dude. James Brown, you know, James Brown walked so that Michael Jackson could run. Um, and he did it right into incomparable fame. He was just 50 years old when he, I'm going to say passed away because I think that's rude, perished. Um, so how did Michael Jackson die? Michael Jackson's death on that summer day marked the end of his sometimes strange and often dazzling life. I wouldn't say sometimes strange. I would say just utterly bizarre utterly bizarre the the mythology around michael jackson my favorite story about michael jackson this is a true as fuck story you ready for this they even this was dramatized at one point this this is like this is hands down what i would if if i had a million dollars of disposable money now let's say I, let's say i had a hundred million dollars i would take one percent i would pay one percent of my hundred million dollars to be a fly on the wall for this story. But before we get there, I want to tell you about Riot Stickers. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. We've got a new sticker deal at Riot Stickers. That's right, folks. We are starting a brand new promotion here at riotstickers.com, and it is for die cut stickers. <gasps> what exactly is die cut? What does it mean? It's time for Sticker Science 101. 
basically you got your regular stickers, right? But we introduce a new element with the die cut sticker. Basically what you do with a computer guided scalpel, that's right. Computer guided scalpels. Isn't that a great band name? Computer guided scalpel. I love it. You can cut the exact shape of whatever your design is. So whatever you got going on, whatever its borders are, there's no borders, there's no limitations. You take your computer guided scalpel and you just cut around the edge and you get, voila, a die cut sticker. So in addition to the UV coating that protects from the sun, in addition to being printed on vinyl, which makes them weatherproof and waterproof, you can now have the exact shape that you want. Well, you always could, but you couldn't for a price like this. For $69, you can get 200 die-cut stickers. There are some people out there who are die-cut fanatics. They need die-cut stickers in their lives. You are not going to find a better deal than this. Now, there's only one place you're going to find this incredible die-cut sticker deal for $69. 200 stickers for $69. And that's if you go to the link down in the description. You go to riotstickers.com backslash from us. That's riotstickers.com backslash from us. What, Sharpie Riot, have you lost your mind? Have you lost your mind? These prices are insane. These prices are Crazy Eddie level prices. If you know Crazy Eddie, then you might be old. You might be older than me. You're probably way older than me. You click on the link, you do the thing, and you get your die cut stickers. Do not hesitate to get this deal, okay? And without further ado, future Jeff, roll the 60-second Riot sticker commercial. Go, do it. Okay, so, ah, what is that? Where is that coming from? We don't want that noise. Get out of here. Holy crap. That's annoying. All right. Um. Okay, so, the story. What is the story? On 9-11, Michael Jackson, Elizabeth Taylor, and Marlon Brando. Michael Jackson was supposed to be at the World Trade Center. They hopped in a limousine, just the three of them, and they drove from New York City to Ohio in a limousine to escape <laughs> what was happening in New York City. Could you imagine being a fly on the wall? I would pay a million dollars to be a fly on the wall in that limousine. Ugh, can we stop for some hamburgers? You know, and then like Michael Jackson's like, he's just like, <laughs> he's, he's so ignorant. <laughs> My God, could you imagine? Could you fucking imagine? Could you imagine? Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that that's a crazy story. 
point being is that Michael Jackson had a crazy life, a really, really crazy life. Strange, strange doesn't even begin to, uh, to, to describe it after rising to fame with his siblings in the family band, the Jackson five Jackson broke out on his own his hit songs like Billie Jean thriller and beat it as well as Jackson's iconic dance moves made him an international phenomenon. It wasn't just that though, you know, he also like he was doing things with, with film that had never been done before, you know, making the music videos for bad and thriller and black and white and remember the time and um, smooth criminal. I mean, these were iconic cinematic masterpieces. He was taking the format to a, a whole other level, spending millions of dollars on music videos and turning what started off as like a promotional tool. Like, like I would say, I think it would be fair to say some people would probably say November rain guns and roses, November rain, because it costs like $8 million. But I would say that Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson's music videos were the pinnacle of the medium pinnacle of the medium that, you know, that's the kind of trailblazing that Michael Jackson was doing. Um, however, by 2009, the year that Michael Jackson died, the pop star was preparing to go back on tour when the world learned of his death. Now, you know, Michael Jackson started to have lots of money troubles in the 2000s. He fit, you know, he had bought, he bought Paul McCartney's songs right out from underneath him. He bought the Beatles catalog. I think he bought it. Uh, I think he owned ATV and then ATV bought it. And then he sold some of it to Sony. He sold like a, like a, like a share of it to Sony. And, you know, Michael, ja uh, Paul McCartney was, was just furious with Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson was like, eh, that's business. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how Paul McCartney always describes it. Um, we started to have money problems. I, I think the the two the uh the uh concerts he was he was planning to do 50 final fine final 50 concerts, and that was a means of you know uh of, of, of getting some money in the coffers. Um rumors immediately swirled about the cause, uh, though it took months to reveal that Jackson had died in his Los Angeles home after taking a fatal combination of drugs prescribed to him by his personal doctor. And of course, and I think they'll probably talk about it in here. His doctor was, you know, I mean, he, his doctor went to jail. I mean, he was, he was, he was charged with murder in the years since Michael Jackson's death. The world has struggled to define his legacy. He was one of the world's most successful and iconic entertainers. I mean, the guy you look thriller, Thriller, I believe Thriller, both Thriller and Bad are two of the highest selling albums of all time. Thriller for certain. Um, he was one of the world's most successful and iconic entertainers, but a damaging documentary in 2019 made the case yet again that he had done what he had done to young boys and got away with it. And I will say that I disagree with this article be, uh, on, on that. I'm not saying that that stuff didn't happen. But those two particular cases, um, there is just a lot of there's so much there's so much wrong with that documentary and with the cases and with the motives. And, you know, just there was a lot of lot of stuff that um, that if you go, I'm going to sound like an, I'm going to sound like an, a, a loony with one of those. If you do your research, if you just go out there and do the research, you I, I hate I hate that shit, but it's really true. There, there's just a lot of like, for instance, the fact that at the end of the documentary, it shows him burning 
all of the uh, memorabilia that he got from Michael Jackson when the reality was that dude Wade was really, you know, hurting for dough. And uh, he had sold all of his stuff. He had sold all that stuff through auction houses uh, years prior. So what they did was those were replicas and that was filmed specifically for the documentary. To me, no documentary is going to be 100% truthful, but to me, that is so... Uh, grossly disingenuous that you you ruin the credibility of what you're trying to say. There are other things like um, the fact that one of the places where the incidents allegedly took place was a station house and the years don't line up. The the years um, he was way older and the, the, the train station was built, you know, years after it could have possibly happened. I don't know. I'm not saying that it's not possible that these things didn't happen, but I just... I just, I just don't believe these two particular guys, especially when one of them was trying to, he, he was spurned by the family. He had been to my, I don't know. There was just a lot of contradictory sort of stuff. And probably one of the most damaging aspects was the fact that they were shooting interviews and they had him wear the same clothes two days in a row or in two separate interview sessions one of which where he's crying and it's almost to show like as if it, it's it's trying to sh tell you that this all happened on the same day when it didn't it happened on different days and they wore the same clothes that's not listen that doesn't that shouldn't take away from the testimony but it but what it does do is it sort of it's manipulative it's trying to man it's manipulating the viewer into into uh feeling a certain way that this is all happening at once that this person is taking an appraisal of of uh you know uh trauma that they experienced and it's led to them crying when in reality they cry they're crying on a different i don't know there's just something so off to me about that and not just me a lot of people and we're out you know listen i'm not a michael jackson fanboy here at all uh, as i said i do believe michael jackson should have been charged and and should have gone to jail for you know whatever he had done it just i just don't think that they got him they didn't get him on the right stuff they just didn't you know um and yes he did get away with it uh the skyrocketing success of michael jackson might you know this is a bit more puff pc than i thought i thought it was going to be a little bit more uh substantial michael jackson was born on august 29th 1958 in gary indiana to a large and musical family when he was five years old, he joined four of his older siblings in their band, the Jackson Five, and eventually became the group's frontman. Because as it turned out, in a in a family that full of talent, Michael was the most talented of them all. Under the unrelenting and frequently violent eye of their father, Joe Jackson, the boys in the Jackson Five became a success in the early 1970s with hit songs like I Want You Back and I'll Be There. However, Michael Jackson also started to make a name for himself on his own. In 1972, he released his first solo album for Motown, Got to Be There, and showed off his acting chops in the cult classic film The Wiz. Then, in 1979, Jackson released his first solo album for Epic Records, Off the Wall, which became the best-selling album of the entire year. And that really, that's the watershed moment when Off the Wall comes out 
and Billie Jean comes out, and that's 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 when everything changes. Well, they're saying when everything really changed in the eighties. Then Jackson releases album Thriller. I mean, Thriller Thriller is the Thriller is the pinnacle, right? I, I'd say from Thriller to Bad is really the pinnacle. Um, but the 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 difference from everything that had come before, a big div div dividing point is off is in fact, I think, off the wall. That's what you could separate. That's that's really when his solo career truly begins. Then Jackson released his album Thriller in 1982, and his now iconic Thriller music video the next year. The album became the biggest selling album in the world history, eventually selling 70 million copies, and the music video arguably heralded the MTV era. Jackson's incredible dance moves, including the moonwalk, also led Los Angeles Times critic Robert Hilburn to deem Jackson the king of pop. But really, when you look at the when you look at the um at the incredible choreography in Thriller, I mean the moves that he and he and the thing is, the thing about Michael Jackson is he wrote all his music. He did. He wrote his music and he uh you know choreographed his his dances he was he was a visionary from the top um who was able to artistically oversee so all aspects of his operations when he would record his vocals he would um he had like a hardwood floor put in because he wanted to make sure that the microphones captured all the little uh foley moments all the the ruffling of clothes and uh, the 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 uh, the thing the 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 foot stomps that he did on 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 the wood and whatnot, all of it added because when he would sing, he had to dance. So it, he's in the booth singing and record uh, recording his his vocals. He is you know giving a performance. I mean, he's not just recording his vocals. He's not just doing a vocal performance. He's giving a full body performance in order to enhance his vocals as Jackson became a bigger star as Jackson became a bigger star. However, troubling rumors around him began to bubble to the surface. Some concerned his ever changing appearance, especially his skin, which had started to lighten before the world's eyes, you know, and that's probably the saddest thing of all about Michael Jackson. Truly Michael Jackson suffered from an affliction that affects a lot of people of color. Uh, both, you know, black people and just, you know, lot, lots of people, lots of people of color are affected by who people who have a lot of melatonin in their skin are affected. And even people that don't are affected. And it's something called, uh, oh God, was it uh, vitiligo? I think it's what it's called, vitiligo. And it's basically when you, it's kind of like a, I don't know, how would I describe it? You lose pigment in your skin, but it's kind of, it's, it's blotchy. And you know what's interesting? Sometimes uh, the the way you know it can be a very polarizing um, look for people. Sometimes people who 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 deal with vitiligo have are, are stunningly beautiful in their in their looks. Like it, it can be very um, uh, aesthetically to the eye just really uh striking and then there are other people who you know have have different uh different sort of patterns that form on their skin and it's not it it, it can it looks it can look jarring and it, i just it's a, it's something it's not easy to deal with i can't even begin to imagine what do i know i don't have it 
Um, but it's, uh, it, it's something that can't be helped. It's something that is genetic. It's just, it's, it's just an affliction that people, people deal with. And Michael Jackson was one of them. And, you know, the reason why I say this is like so tragic and such like a, you know, uh, one of the things that's just really, um, really sad, upsetting is that, you know, when you are that famous, when you are that like big, you know, people, everybody's looking at you and, and, you know, taking photographs of you and, you know, imagine the fear Imagine the fear. Imagine all of the love and admira admiration you're getting from the public. And then imagine how terrifying it might be if what if they find out that I have this condition and are they going to judge me for it? Are they going to make fun of me for it? Uh, you know, uh, what if the press finds out? And so what did Michael Jackson do? He chose to cover it up. And the best way he could do that was with makeup. And eventually I think he got various different cosmetic sur surgeries. He had, he clearly had something going on, some sort of, some sort of issue with his body image. And he spent his money, uh, trying to change the way that he looked and, um, and he had to do it in the public eye and it just, it could not have been easy, man. It could not have been easy. And that, that also is, is a part of just sort of. I don't know, trying to better understand someone who is so complicated and fucked up and crazy. Um, so in any case, he, he started, his skin had started to lighten and some things were far more serious in 1990s. Um, Michael Jackson started facing allegations, uh, regarding young children, uh, the downward spiral of the King of pop by the night. You know, I gotta be honest with you. I thought this was going to be uh, specifically about his death and it's not, I don't, I, I typically, I skim over articles, but I don't like to read them because I don't want to retread. I want my reactions to genuinely be surprised. I want to be surprised when I'm reading it. I want you to experience it with me in real time. So I try to just make sure something is what it is before I start. And this, this totally had me fooled. And I'm kind of annoyed, to be honest with you. The downward spiral of the King of Pop. By the 1990s, Michael, Jackson, uh, Michael Jackson's appearance had dramatically changed from his early days of fame. His brown skin had become noticeably whiter, almost translucent. Jackson addressed the rumors about his skin in a 1993 interview with Oprah Winfrey, telling her that he had a skin disorder called vitiligo. Vitiligo. That, yeah, so that's what it was. Um, and this is a very iconic interview with Oprah Winfrey. I think we've all seen it. Excuse me, the seltzer. It's a great interview. You should totally uh, check it out. He says, it is something I cannot help, Jackson said during the interview, claiming that he only used makeup to fix up blotchiness caused by vitiligo and never bleached his skin. Um, when people make up stories like that, I don't want to be who I am, and it hurts me. It's a problem for me, and I can't control it. But what about all the millions of people who sit in the sun to become darker, to become other than what they are? Nobody says anything, nothing about that. It's so true, though. Like, that is so fucking true. And it's like, he got criticized for that. And the reality is, like, look at all the people that fucking want darker fucking skin. You know, but that same year, Jackson faced far more damaging allegations than skin bleaching when it emerged that the LAPD was investigating accusations. Um uh, regarding what we discussed above Jackson was known to spend much of his free time with young children, which sometimes included sleepovers. 
The allegations led to some to believe that there was something far more nefarious to these get-togethers. When the boy's family filed a civil suit against him, Jackson settled out of court allegedly for over $20 million. And that goes back to what I was talking about. He, you know, you crunch numbers and $20 million is less than $100 million. And, and $20 million and this all goes away. Boom. Voila. Vanished. Um, and it was a silver, it was a civil, it was a civil case. It was not a, it was not a, um, it was not, he was not being prosecuted by the government. Big difference there. Um, the charges were destructive to both Jackson's image and Jackson himself and Rolling Stone reports that the pop stars fatal reliance on medication began around this time. So that's when Jackson started to really get loaded. And mind you, he also, that's when he married Lisa Marie Presley, um, you know, in an effort to try and rehab his image, the King of pop marrying the King of rock and roll's daughter. Uh, Jackson turned to drugs as a means of escape and to cope with the pain from past surgeries and injuries, including severe burns that he had suffered in 1984 while filming a commercial for Pepsi. He did a Pepsi campaign, unlike any Pepsi campaign or any sort of product campaign that had done been done before. And pyro, pyro thing went haywire and, and Jackson got burned pretty badly. And so, you know, that's, that's what became of that, you know? As time went on, Jackson appeared in the news more often for his scandals than his music. He married Lisa Marie Presley, as we just said, the daughter of Elvis in 1994, only to divorce her 18 months later. And many, you know, many people thought that that was kind of like a beard situation of some kind. And it was the same thing with Debbie Rowe. Uh, in 1996, he married a nurse from his dermatologist's office named Debbie Rowe, with whom he had two children conceived by artificial insemination and divorced her in 1999. Now, here's the here here's the thing. Um, you know, the, it's claimed nobody actually knows was it artificial insemination or was it actually Michael Jackson himself? And why would he use artificial insemination? And there there was a vicious rumor, and I will say, take this with the utmost grain of salt. Uh, it, it it was it is speculated it is speculated allegedly 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 is speculated that michael jackson was chemically castrated by his fucking father when he was a boy uh in order to make sure that his voice didn't get deeper or more deeper because you know michael jackson also spoke with two different voices there was the michael jackson public voice that you know, everybody knows the, hey, you're so ignorant. Hey, you know, and then there was the, there was the deeper voice of Michael Jackson and you can hear it. Go on YouTube and search Michael Jackson's real voice. Michael Jackson had a deeper voice. And again, I, this is probably not true. I don't think it's true. I mean, this would be so insane if it wasn't true. Joe Jackson, suppo supposedly, allegedly that he was, that he was fucking, that he was castrated chemist chemically castrated in a way that would um prevent him from from you know who knows that, that that's such a i don't I'm, you know and i feel bad that i even said that just now because because it's so un, unsubstantiated um in his first interview since being released from prison dr conrad murray has said that he and michael jackson were so close that he what that he held his penis every night what the f what autopsy show that MJ was uncertain. What? 
I I don't know what I don't know what that has to do with anything. Hey, mom, Longoria, how are you? <laughs> We're talking about Michael Jackson's uncircumcised penis. In case you missed it. <laughs> uh, moving on, moving on. So yeah, so he had those kids. You know, either which way, they are Michael Jackson's kids. It doesn't matter who who cares, man. You know whether whether he is the, is the bio dad or not. Um, so more allegations emerged again in 2003, Jackson was arrested on charges. Um, and 2005, his case went to trial though. Jackson was eventually acquitted of the charges. The damage to his reputation was severe. Yes, it was. After 2005, the singer largely retreated from the public eye, still troubling stories about Jackson continues to emerge like that he owed a Beverly Hills pharmacy more than $100,000 in prescription drug debts. Again, like when you have money, when you are able, <laughs> right? The more you know exactly. You know, when you have money, when you are able to do things that normal people can't do, you can rack up $100,000 in prescription drug debts. Jackson more or less avoided the spotlight until 2009 when he announced a series of 50 concerts that he'd perform in London later that year. He described the tour as the final curtain call, but his actual curtain call would come before the tour began when Michael Jackson died. How did Michael Jackson die his final hours? As Michael Jackson prepared for his tour, some close to him started to notice disturbing changes. His makeup artist, Karen Fay, later recalled that Jackson was not the man I knew and that he was acting like a person I didn't recognize. Uh, show director, Kenny Ortega, the guy who did the high school, the musical stuff, um, who like Faye was very familiar with Jackson's usual work habits, similarly testified that the singer seemed lost, cold, and afraid and exhibited paranoid and anxious behavior. Those such con concerns, those such concerns were brought to Jackson's personal doctor, Conrad Murray. Murray alleged. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just thinking about the comment before and like how <laughs> look at it. Look at the fucking guy's face, man. Murray alleged, allegedly insisted that Jackson was physically and emotionally capable of handling all of his responsibilities as a performer. Uh, and he was charged with manslaughter. Yeah, that is true. Mere moments later. Wait, we missed a we missed we missed something. Uh well, hold on, hold on a second. On June 24th, 2009, my, oh, sorry, I lost my place. Michael, so on June 24th, 2009, Michael Jackson uh, attended rehearsal as normal. The tour was set to begin the next month at London's O2 Arena and Jackson rehearsed until about midnight. After that was done, he hugged his dancers, thanked his crew and returned to his Los Angeles home. There, Jackson, who had long suffered from insomnia and was having an especially difficult time sleeping in recent months, told Murray that he needed rest. In the early hours of June 25th, 2009, Murray gave Jackson a series of drugs that were meant to help him sleep, including the anti-anxiety medication lorazepam, the sedative midazolam and Valium. I mean, this guy is a licensed doctor. I say that quote unquote, who is, who has access to these really heavy things and he's administering them because Michael Jackson is Michael Jackson has money. It's like, 
there's no regulation of like, dude, you shouldn't be taking these things. It's like Michael Jackson wants these things. Michael Jackson's going to get these things. Murray later told investigators that he initially resisted Jackson's request for a uh, pro pro pro. I can't say that fucking word. Propopol, propopol, propofol, a powerful anesthetic that Murray had given the singer before, even though it's not meant to be used outside of a hospital or clinic settings. As the morning hours stretched on, however, Murray relented. What does that mean? Murray relented as the morning hours stretched on. He's just like, he's like, come on, just do it. You know, I'm making a joke. I mean, this guy, this is a guy who fucking died. I mean, I, I feel, I'm no, sorry inappropriate my bad my bad that was stupid that was stupid no no i've never tried this drug um but i imagine that it's really heavy shit it's just the reason why i was doing that impression before is that just he says as the morning hours stretched on murray relented like what was he just like fucking complaining to him until he relented mere moments later murray realized that jackson was not breathing he said he made multiple attempts to resuscitate him as did first responders who arrived at the home, but it was too late. Michael Jackson died after suffering cardiac arrest brought on by acute intoxication from propofol. The world awoke to shocking news that the King of Pop had perished. As the Los Angeles Times grimly put it, Jackson had spent much of his life as one of the most famous people on the planet, and to many, his untimely death felt both unthinkable and oddly inevitable. Well, the aftermath of Michael Jackson's death. Eight months after Michael Jackson's death, investigators charged Conrad Murray with involuntary manslaughter. In the very least, he should, probably should have been charged with manslaughter. In 2011, Murray was found guilty and sent to prison where he served two years of a four-year jail sentence. Since then, Michael Jackson has held an uncomfortable place in American culture. He was the king of pop, an iconic singer who revolutionized dance moves and music videos. But accusations against the singer have only grown louder since Michael Jackson's death. Between 2013 and 2014, two men, this is these are the guys who I have a problem with. I don't have a problem with the accusations. I have a problem with these two guys, and I feel like they were trying to cash in. I really do. I'm sorry to say. Between 2013 and 2014, two men named Wade Robson and James Safechuck sued Jackson, sued the Jackson estate and Jackson's companies on the grounds that the singer had, you know, done stuff to them as boys. Though a judge initially rejected their suits, the HBO documentary Leaving Neverland brought their story to a wider, wider audience. Both men, just go Google Leaving Neverland discrepancies. Just Google that. Do humor me. Because again, I don't want to sound like, look, I don't, again, I don't want to take away from, you know, uh, the victims here. And, you know, maybe these guys were victimized in some way, shape or form, but what there, there are so many weird motives behind the documentary and just the deception, the sleight of hand that the documentary takes advantage of viewers, heartstrings. Um, it, it does, it, something doesn't sit right with me. Both men offered detailed descriptions of the alleged allegations they suffered at Jackson's hands, which they claim took place at a variety of locations, including Jackson's Neverland Ranch, at places that weren't even built yet when, when they claimed that they had happened. 
All of this makes Michael Jackson difficult to judge. A once-in-a-lifetime artist, Jackson will always be remembered for songs like Billie Jean and Thriller, for his famous music videos, and for his even more iconic dance moves. But the disturbing allegations against Jackson, though he has never been found guilty, also cast a dark shadow's legacy. There are some people that will poll that will say that it's because Jackson was a black man. You know, for the black community, losing Jackson was fucking huge. I mean, he's ginormous, gi ginormous fucking star, ginormous larger than life presence in the black community. Like, you know, uh, same thing with Prince, man. You know, um, so yeah, there's there's a lot. Now to go back to this is it, and this is kind of a remarkable thing. So after Jackson passes away, they they've been shooting all this. Kenny Ortega has been shooting all of this rehearsal footage. It's never meant to be seen by the public. They're just they're 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 shooting the footage because they need it as a reference for you know, the, the the choreography, the things that they're doing. And it's amazing footage. When you look at these moments, because it was never meant to be seen by people, again, this think about what I just said about leaving Neverland and think about what I'm about to say. Because it was never meant to be seen by people, there's a lot of sort of very candid, like fly on the wall, uh, sort of, casual genuine moments a uh, one in particular that blows my mind is that when jack you know jackson never doesn't play never played instruments he didn't play any instruments the way that he would write his music was with his mouth beatboxing he would beatbox the rhythms and the melodies and that's how he would write and he had such a command over his song craft and knew his song so intimately and there are some great demos Go look for the demos of Michael Jackson doing Beat It completely a cappella as like a, a, a studio demo so that they know how to build the song. That came from Jackson, man. And there's a scene in This Is It where he's talking to the bass player or somebody and he's like, hey, you know that thing you're doing that? Do, 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 do. He's like doing the bass line, the do, 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 do like whatever it is. He's like, it actually, it's got to be more like, do, 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 do. like he, he just, he had such a, a particular understanding of how things needed to go. Um, Joe Jackson claims that because Michael was in such poor health at that time. And a lot of people claim that because he was in such poor health at the time, but that that footage actually features a body double. That's not Michael Jackson dancing. That it's a body double. I don't know. I don't think I believe that. I think that they, because the, the reality is, is this footage was never meant to be seen by the public after Jackson died and they knew they weren't going to do these concerts. The footage was put together as a documentary, as a way of sort of really creating some kind of catharsis for Michael Jackson, for the end of Mike, the unexpected end of Michael Jackson. It's kind of amazing. And apparently it's one of the highest grossing documentaries of all time. And it's kind of amazing when you think that they were able to synthesize something like that out of such a tragedy. And there were accusations by Sony and ATV and some others that like they were trying to exploit and capitalize on Michael Jackson's death. And, you know, I'm sure that, I've, listen, a lot of money was burned. A lot of people didn't get paid a lot. Like a lot of, a lot of stuff went down the, the shitter when Michael Jackson passed away with those shows. 
And this was a way not only uh, to send my as a send off for Michael Jackson's loyal, loyal fans. The dude is the most loyal fans ever, but it also was a way of sort of, um, you know, putting a period on his career. And uh, it's just an incredible documentary. I highly recommend you check it out. Um, sad stuff, man. This is sad stuff. Again, you know, looking at Michael Jackson like this was not, it was meant, it was not meant to be, um, rubbernecking or, you know, looking at it in, in a disrespectful way, even though maybe I was a little disrespectful on the stream, I'm kind of a little disappointed with how I chose to, you know, certain things. I mean, this is a dead man. Like you, you no matter what you just, you just, I don't know. Don't tap dance on people's graves. It's just not nice. Um, everybody should be treated with respect. Um, that, that's all I got. That's, that's what I got for tonight's show. Um, what do you think about all this? Do you think, what do you think about Michael Jackson? What do you think about his legacy? What do you think about the allegations? Do you think that Michael Jackson was you, that there was a body double for Michael Jackson? And this is it. I, I don't think Michael Jackson allowed it. You know, there were several people that tried to bar the, the movie from coming out, including his, his, his nephews and his older sister, Latoya. And they all said, they were all like, look, he wouldn't want this stuff to be seen. It was meant for his private video library. That's where it was going to go. It was not meant to be seen by people. And you know, the idea that Michael Jackson was a perf perfectionist, and that he wouldn't want anybody to see this stuff. And to the flip side, I say to that is he was also a public figure who had millions of fans that adored him and he left irresponsibly and unexpectedly. And therefore he kind of, he kind of has, he has a, like a, an obligation, I would say to, um, he has an obligation to, to his public to, to not, you know, give them something and they did it in the form of this incredible documentary like i said five out of five stars can't recommend it enough check it out um yeah frizzy totally totally ultra ultra fucking talented he was that he was um that's all i got for you tonight thank you for joining me on this strange journey into the world of a boy who never grew up and uh, died way too young, uh, but left incredible amount of work behind. Um, I'll say uh, Shimon and hair grease, Ihi and all that. The drug in, oh, you know, it's so fucked up. I didn't even think about this. So I made a movie called Gouge Away, feature length film, which if you're a Patreon, you could watch the old cut right now. It's being prepared for Blu-ray release. And you know what I just realized just now in this moment, just now, you know, I named there's laughing gas that's used in the movie. It's a street narcotic. And what kind of like a Frank Booth thing, you put on a mask and you breathe into it. And I named it Ihi, like Michael Jackson, like Ihi. And I did that because it's the gas makes you go Ihi, after you breathe it in. And I didn't even think about the fact that Michael Jackson had, you know, oof, that was that was dark. What a dark layer to all all of this. Okay, enough, enough. Goodbye, goodbye. I'm I'm out.